everyone, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. I believe we're at episode 14. I don't know, I've been losing count lately. Uh, this week, we have our usual co-host, Mr. Alfred. Hello. And a special guest, Josh McDougall, also known as Really Freaking Clever. Hello, hi. <laughs> but I'm sure you guys have seen some of his stuff on YouTube. We've also done interviews with him, and he's been on other stuff with us in the past. I doubt uh, he dabbles. He dabbles. So we're going to get right into it this week. Uh, a couple interesting things going on. Uh, our only our only Zelda-specific topic, because this is a Zelda podcast, so I like to make sure we always start off with Zelda. How For the most part. Um, so a former developer on the CDI Zelda games. Yes, those, <laughs> those games. Uh he kind of came out of the woodwork in an interview with uh, Game Informer and talked oh, yeah. about a bunch of things, a whole bunch of happenings that went on back in the day when these CDI games were being made. Uh, he was one of the lead people for the Hotel Mario, uh, so he had more to do with that than the Zelda games, but he also helped with the development of the Zelda games. And uh, according to him, Nintendo liked what they saw. Oh, and Nintendo approved of everything for these games. Uh, which kind of leads me to, it was probably like Hyrule Warriors in the sense, like nothing was going to happen in those games unless Nintendo lets it happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of was the deal here. Now, obviously, for people who don't know, like there was a contract thing and like Philips had the right to develop these even without Nintendo's permission. However, they still need Nintendo's permission to use the characters. Otherwise, all they could use is like the name. The Legend of Zelda. They couldn't actually use any of the, the copyrighted IP, so Nintendo had to approve everything. Um, they had some hard, some hard times with the art design for it, uh, and they sent Nintendo a whole bunch of concepts. And like two of the concepts got scrapped by Nintendo. So like proof that Nintendo was looking at this stuff and was approving it. Yeah. Because uh, because they scrapped some of it, and so it, what's interesting here is oftentimes like Nintendo gets no blame for these games existing, um, even though they they kind of. I don't know how... Sorry for the language. They bitched out on, on Philips. And they did the same thing to Sony before. Like Anyone who was like, yeah, we're going to do CD stuff with Nintendo, they're like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then we just don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sony, obviously, we know, everyone knows that story. They went off, they created the PlayStation, and you know that's become like the biggest success in the company's history. Yeah. And now you know Philips tried the same thing with their own Philips CDI system. Totally bombed. It wasn't very good. Um, but the most high-profile games on it were the Hotel Mario and the three Zelda games. And it, it, to me, it's interesting that Nintendo... Um, like This person's name, let me just throw his name out there so people know. It's uh, Stefan Rodash, or Radash, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he claims that Nintendo could have made this very, very difficult. Um, and he said, I still had to get approval from Nintendo on everything we did. Because there were they were their trademark characters, and anyone who owns the trademark characters will tell you. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, you don't want Link as he's. This is his example. Uh, as an example, they could not have Link having sex with Zelda um, on the ramparts <laughs> of the castle. It's a really weird mindset from this specific person. Um, and I, uh, you know, he went on to say that Miyamoto had to have seen everything because everything was still under Nintendo's control. Uh, the meetings were short, amical, fun, lots of laugh. 
Um, you know, talked about going through issues with the characters and picking out the animation styles. Um, they ended up having Russian animators are the ones that ended up doing all those all those things people have seen on YouTube, poop and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, he, he essentially said Nintendo Japan continued to be non-problematic, uh, which to me was an indication that they really did like the games. Because if they didn't like them, they had every opportunity to throw up as many roadblocks along the way as they wanted to, which would have essentially made the games never get released. Um, so, for starters, Nintendo could have stopped all of this. There, there could have never been Zelda CDI. Uh, apparently, Nintendo, after Hotel Mario, um, in this interview, if you go read the original game form, we'll put a link down in the description, uh, it says that Nintendo kind of stopped them from doing another Mario game. Because they had another Mario game in development. Um, so Nintendo clearly could have stopped all this and they didn't so as the story goes no one blames Nintendo for these games existing but Nintendo kind of deserves some blame that sounds like because mm-hmm. it sounds like they had every chance to not approve of this stuff and never let it get developed uh, so this brings up an interesting point because Nintendo now is spreading out they're branching out. They're letting more and more like third-party companies deal with their IP. They just had Tantalus do uh, the the Wind Waker or the Wind Waker Twilight Princess HD. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, they had Hyrule Warriors developed in, in you know with Koei Tecmo. So, you know, d- does Nintendo need to be? I mean, was this like a lesson Nintendo learned? And th- maybe this is why they weren't willing to work with third parties for so long with their IP, or was this just? Nintendo legit thought these were good games. Um, it's interesting because at the very end of the interview, he says the internet was around. There were bulletin boards. We got really positive responses. The game mm-hmm. sold really well, especially Hotel Mario. Sold for years after the company went out of business. And yeah. so that's a little confusing to me because, I mean, first off, I don't think I was around when these games were really released. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was I was born the year that Zelda's Adventure was released, 1994. Um, so I wasn't like around when the height of these games popularity, um, if you would call it that. Um, but I mean, it's, it's weird to think that they did like they were considered like they did well. And obviously at some point, one of them did well because they made three of them. (laughs) So it wasn't like, oh, well, this one's a critical failure. Let's, let's make two more and see if we get it right. It's like, well, people thought that this was good enough to make two more games. Um, um uh, which I is ju- interesting. Like I just looked up on Wikipedia because I was I was thinking about that too. Like they made three of the Zelda games. Apparently, uh, Faces of Evil and Wanda Gamelon like came out the same time. Like it was a simultaneous yep. release. Yeah, then, it was like an Oracle of Agents, Oracle of Seasons situation. Okay. And then yep. Zelda's Adventure came out eight months later. But like they would have been working on all three at the same time. That's like a lot of faith Nintendo put in them. If they were yeah. like, make three Zelda games for us. Well, I don't think, you know, I, I'm thinking back to those days. I don't think Nintendo was was telling Phillips to make anything. Um, I think Phillips, you know, Nintendo kind of backed out of the contract, but there were stipulations in the back out that, about the IP. Um, and Phillips was like, look, we're going to make a bunch of your IP, with a bunch of games with your IP, but you still have to approve of it. So, you know, Nintendo obviously has really high standards with a lot of, especially like their their core IP. They have a lot of high standards mm-hmm. um, with anybody who's going to touch that. That's mm-hmm. not internal Nintendo. I'm really sorry, Paper Mario fans. They really screwed you over the years. But um, again, 
there's a third party studios not internal so mm -hmm. uh, but it is interesting to note that this was like a year that they experimented with handing out their ips to other people because right i think right before this came out the super mario brothers film came out same year 1993 um all of these were released around like within see that was may and mm -hmm. faces of evil came out or uh yeah, Faces of Evil and Wand of Gamelon came out in October, and so mm -hmm. they were there was a little bit of a buffer between them, but obviously not enough for them to be like, no, we don't want to do this anymore. It's already <laughs> been in production, so let's sure. get the game out. That, and so uh, we, we, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say like that's also like the same time that Donkey Kong Country would have come yeah. out. Yeah, that was that was ninety four. Yeah. Yep. So they 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 tested out a bunch of these like possibilities and if you've ever read the story on the super mario brothers movie game informer also did a um write-up about that at the end of one of their uh i don't remember which edition it was i'm sure if you looked up super mario brothers film um game informer you could find it but it was like a a, a terrible terrible process like the movie started out really <laughs> well like it sounded like a mario brothers film and then they hired these two people that came in that had like they were like but what if we did it in a dystopian future society and they were like, that sounds, that sounds great. That rem that's exactly what I look for in a Mario game. <laughs> and so they went ahead and rewrote the film and did that. And we all know how well that movie did. Um, and that kind of, it seemed like this venture into like third parties handling their IPs and how poorly a lot of those were received kind of shut Nintendo off for a very, very, very long time for stuff like this. And it's interesting that in the interview, he said that Nintendo liked what they saw or that they approved of it and that they were like okay yeah this is good enough to send out to mm -hmm. to market um and apparently they did well at some point like people there was a positive response think, to them i think the the whole like the game sold really well um I, to me i think it's really well relative to how well the cdi was doing yeah yeah like uh, I did. because it was definitely not doing well compared to the actual like big well yeah brand. yeah yeah like Sega was doing way better, you know, with Sonic and stuff at the time yeah. than was going on with these. But like, I, I think comparative to how many, it's kind of like the Wii U. Like comparative to what the Wii U sold, there's a whole bunch of Wii U games that actually have a high attach rate and sold well. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't actually mean that it's good. Um, and if you've anyone, if I don't know if you guys have ever tried using a CDI before, <laughs> um, it, it it's terrible. I the controls are it's just, it's mostly the controls like it's just the controller is oh. I think last time I used one I, I had to get seven different controllers before I got one where all the buttons worked. Yeah, I tried I tried playing an actual CDI at a convention once and it was like no, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I tried I tried emulating one once to try and do a video. I was going to do a Zelda CDI video and it just, no, not touching yeah. that. <laughs> it was crazy. You know and, 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 like, today there's a lot of fun made of the animations, uh, you know. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, that kind of animation wasn't that unusual. Well, that, um, yeah, like, like that's, it, Just look at the cartoons at the time. Like, even the Sonic show and the Super Mario Brothers show, like, all that stuff was really, really corny. Well, it was marketed um, at younger kids, though. Yeah. You can't discount the fact that it wasn't well, made sure. for, like, adult audiences. Sure. I mean, you could say that the new Super... Zelda the, cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Super Mario Brothers film was... I guess they tried to appeal to every audience there. 
Yeah, and they were trying to be edgy. It felt they were like, like, like edgy. you know what two series I always think of together? Super Mario Brothers and 1984 by George Orwell. Those are the two things that <laughs> always go well enough for me. Um, and then they put those together, and that's what you get. Yeah, see, and, it's one of those movies I think is so bad it's good. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, something... I really like that movie. It's one of my favorite movies from my childhood. Even when I go back and watch it, I'm like, man, this is not very good. It, I, I'm still entertained. You have to watch it at least <laughs> once in your life. Like, it's something that you have to do. You sure, can't get sure. you can't die without watching the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's that's <laughs> you can't die without You can't it. die even if, if you're about to die you've never seen it you have to you watch put it. Put that sorry. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the last memory you have is of that movie. You're on your deathbed. <laughs> Final request. Forget the last meal. Um all right. So we're going to kind of move on to that cuz we can talk about talk about the goofy early 90s for a long time that was my childhood so yeah um i could really talk about that for a long time <laughs> all the crazy stuff back then the pogs um so many pogs oh pogs <laughs> uh so this past week uh it's been an interesting one in terms of the nx especially if you like nx rumors ah oh, uh my favorite th- there's <laughs> now uh what's interesting is i think nintendo actually just announced like a uh, nintendo direct but it's for 3ds games yeah so, they, they had know, to specifically point out we're still like, not announcing this yet still not about the NX. <laughs> this like, is for an old thing yeah we're going to announce it this year but not know, at this we, event we all we all know that that the next Nintendo direct totally has to be for the 3ds um because what makes it even weirder is they did that and then they showed off the new Galaxy version of the 3DS. Yeah, it's so uh, weird. It's like, it's like, okay, like you have new hardware coming out, but let's just ignore that and be like, look, we have a new skin for our, our current hardware and we're having a Nintendo Direct, but we already announced the big hardware. See, I wouldn't it, really call that a big hardware announcement, yeah, that, though. No, but for Nintendo, it is. Yeah, I know, well, but that's that's kind of sad to call that the a weird, big hardware The weird thing for me, it's like, okay, like they're going to make a new 3DS color, like push a few more units out before like the NX sure, takes sure, over yeah. the news. But it's it was weird to me how much effort they put into promoting that. Like, they had, <laughs> yeah, Reg, that's, they that's had Reggie in the video. Yeah, Reggie like hasn't been in anything they, since it, like E3. If, yeah, it felt like it felt like a Nintendo Direct announcement, to be honest. Yeah, it felt like they were announcing a brand new system. Yeah. But they weren't. <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe they're going to surprise everyone, and Super Mario Galaxy is now on the 3DS from the event or something. Who knows? But hey, we got we got to some go with a the quality. Galaxy. We got some a quality acting from Reggie, though, which oh, you know God. is always great. Oh, it's I entertaining, at least. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Reggie, we'll get into some stuff. Oh, no. uh, about the NX here that isn't necessarily a rumor. Uh, so much as it is Reggie just letting us know that they need to do better with the NX. Uh, uh, I saw this. Yeah, so in an interview with A-List, uh, they asked him, you know, about Nintendo being in dire straits after the GameCube failed to find an audience and we exploded. Uh, is there any lessons you can learn from the Wii U that are being applied to NX? And then Reggie went on to say that every time we launch a new platform, every time we launch a new critical game, we always learn. We always do our breakdown of what worked, what didn't, and certainly what uh, we've done that with the Wii U, and we continue to believe the innovation of the second screen was a worthwhile concept. The games that we've launched on the Wii U are hugely compelling. Splatoon, Super Mario Maker, Smash Bros. Bayonetta 2, Super Mario Game, The Legend of Zelda. Arguably, if you lined up all of the single-platform games for Wii U and the two other platforms, we have by far the most unique games that are highly rated by consumers and highly rated by media, so those things worked. So... Yeah, the Wii U sucked, but A, it's great. Um, 
Anyways, so here's where he gets into the NX. Uh, one of the things we have to do better when we launch the NX is we have to do a better job communicating the positioning for the product. We have to do a better job helping people understand its uniqueness and what that means for the game playing experience. And we have to do a better job from a software planning standpoint to have a continuous beat of great new games that are motivating more and more people to pick up the hardware and more and more people to pick up the software. These are critical lessons, and as I verbalize them, they need to be traditional lessons within the industry. You have to make sure people understand the concept. You have to make sure they have a great library of games, and when you do that, you tend to do well. So a few things to this quote. For starters, Reggie does his very best job to spin that the Wii U is awesome. Um, I mean, he, But he pretty much <laughs> named every game that's come out for the Wii U that you'd want. Like, he, well, he could okay, name them that's a little off the top unfair. of his head. That's well, a little unfair. I'm, I'm just it's saying. It's funny you put, the, you put the Legend of Zelda in there. There hasn't been I know. a remake. Well, you that, get Hyrule Warriors. Game. You get the remake. Yeah. So. yeah. It's a Super Mario game. Maybe that's why they named Because uh, you know how it's like New Super Mario Bros. U? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they changed Mario Maker to Super Mario Maker. So they could just reference it all as one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario. Um, anyways. So beyond the fact that you know he basically says they learned lessons from the Wii U. Um, it, it, well, there's a couple of things in here I find encouraging. Uh, one that he does talk about the communicating and positioning for the product. That was a mess with the Wii U. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was where they Complete screwed up. Mess. I like, like I it, remember it was announced. It said this is a Wii, but it's for you, the gamers. I'm like, okay. Well, like that E3, Wii. we didn't know if it was a console or a controller. Like that's like, all I remember taking away from that. I I st- in the literally <laughs> in the past month I have had like I've had to explain what a Wii U is to someone. This the console's <laughs> been out for like four years now, and there's yep. some people that still like don't know other that it's a separate thing from the Wii. Like that, their marketing and like just getting the idea across has been terrible. Yep. So like I, I'm glad that they recognize that that was bad. I mean, it's probably the worst I've ever seen any company that's this big do. With mm-hmm. a product launch, like I remember when it was announced before before the gamepad was even a thing, we didn't even know what it was. This console was marketed originally as a hardcore gamer machine that was going to have all the third party support and had an unprecedented partnership with EA. Mm-hmm. A year later, they capped their E3 with Nintendo Land. So, <laughs> so now at that point, the general consumer base, which the hardcore fans were already following along, kind of knew that EA was already kind of bailed out, um, as did some others. Uh, but if you were just someone that just watched the big media events, here you, you might be like, oh, this big, huge gaming machine's coming out from Nintendo. It's going to compete now with the new systems coming out from Sony and Microsoft. And then, you know, it ends with Nintendo Land and, like, zero big-hitting games during that E3. Like, there was nothing to really get excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, the system comes out in, like, four months. It's like, What? There's nothing. Um, and what you're showing me is stuff that uh, it almost looks like you're trying to repeat the Wii. And that's the complete opposite that's, messaging you had when you announced But that's what they the were system. doing. Yeah, but that, that's not what they were doing when they announced the system. I know. I, you know but I feel back like... then, I think they were caught off guard, too, because they were like, look, we could just release the same consoles as the competitors for the 360 and PS3 have, and we're going to get all the support. I think the um, problem... like it was, I think, a, it was a bad idea. We've talked about this then. before. But I think that the, one of the reasons why it was also named the Wii was because of how successful the Wii was, like the Wii U. Sure. And so sure. they wanted to ride that as far as they could because of they did. the thing was is that the like I'll I'll mention this 
pretty much every time we talk about advertising for Nintendo, I don't think there was any better advertising than those We Would Like to Play commercials. Oh, because so good. So it good. showed off the game, showed off the mechanics, and it was it was memorable. Like, it had a slogan, it had, like, that, that's how Nintendo should do marketing, again, yeah. for whatever console this is. But I felt like with the Wii U, they were like, well, you remember the Wii? Well, we're coming out with something that's not the Wii, Wii but we're naming it the Wii U. And so it's not really the same thing, but you could kind of use the same controllers, and it has a different controller for it, but it's not the same thing, and we're not really going to advertise it except for like maybe on two Just Dance commercials, and then you're going to have to go find it. whoever came up with the name needs to be shot. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, because essentially what this system is, it, we know that it's basically a, a slightly beefed up Xbox 360. And I, I think what they should have done is just called it we hd yeah done with it there is no there is no confusion it plays all your wii games it, all the new games that come out for it are in hd you can still use all your wii motes it's still all wii branding and uh, if they were going to do that ideally they would have released it in 2010 instead of two years later um when it was still would have had three or four years on the market with the 360 and playstation yeah. 3 mm-hmm. instead of one year until the new consoles came out. again a timing of release for what the console actually was just a, just a big just a big flub on Nintendo's and it's actually weird because all these people that hate Michael Pactor was calling for them to basically do what the Wii U is like two years before they did it mm-hmm. um, and I think if they had released it just when because the Wii started coming down towards the end of, of 2009 yeah um, and into 2010 and if right at the end of 2010 they had refreshed it with a Wii HD that would have been like brilliance by Nintendo because like now we can get all those third party games for the next three years. Because now mm-hmm. we have a system that's just like everyone else. Now you have like the Assassin's Creed with you free have all online, big consoles. which yeah. is cool too. Um, you know, yeah. Obviously, there's been issues you know, with our universal account systems and all that stuff. But reality is, they would have had hardware-wise something competitive with the rest of the market that also builds on top of the Wii brand that sold 100 million mm-hmm. units. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. Nintendo think, really flubbed with that. But I, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. The the problem that that I always have when talking about like comparing them to other companies is you get into the quotes that they always say is like we're not competing like we're mm-hmm. not trying to compete with them it's like i can understand why you don't want to compete like or you don't want to make this a competition or you, you want to stand out from the crowd but at this point you really can't afford not to compete like it's people people want something powerful something that they'll get their money's worth for and i think a lot of people a lot of people still feel cheated with the wii u a lot of oh, people feel do. like they don't they didn't get what they were promised they didn't get what they wanted like especially with the fact that breath of the wild is coming out so so late and is becoming a cross-release game for the nx and it's definitely going to be an infinitely better game on the nx like it's probably going to run smoother well it's going to run smoother (laughs) it's it's probably not going to have as big of a like i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm hoping that it, it runs better I'm hoping it does. I'm a little, too. I'm a little nervous with the handheld concept for NX I'm, right now. Yeah, but I'm I'm just still hoping that like I think that that's a lot of people are upset because you know a lot of people a lot of people on Zelda Informer a lot of fans bought the Wii U for the Zelda game that they were sure. promised like way back when the Wii U was first announced with the E3 tech or, demo or when um if they didn't buy it then uh, when the Wind Waker HD came out yeah like, like hey look we can get it for this but we know mm-hmm. a big Zelda game is coming and and it's. It's kind. Of, it was kind of a slap in the face to people that stayed with Nintendo for that long, and uh, we talked about this a long time ago. Um, that Nintendo still needs to buy back the trust and the respect of the gamers that they lost, and that they sure. 
kind of not cheated out of their money, but like a lot of people <laughs> do feel cheated. And yeah. so it's 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 going to be really difficult, really interesting to see how they get those people back on board with them. Um, because I know there are a lot of people that are like, well, you know, why would I get uh, a lower powered console? Like, yeah, I love Nintendo games, but I could get like a PS4, um, PS4 Neo and get all these first party, second party games and then all the third party games as well. And, you know, I personally think at this moment in time, the PS4 is the best console in the market in terms of power. Um, but we talked about games and stuff like that last time, but it's the strongest seller. It's the strongest, like, uh, techno hardware wise. And it's, it's really difficult to say, well, you should buy a Wii U. It's like, well, why? It's like, well, cause it's, it's got like Mario Kart and smash brothers, but there's really not else, not a lot else on there. I will vouch for Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. That's oh, that's true. Till yeah. the day I die. <laughs> I really like Pikmin Three a lot. I, Pick, yeah, I, um, see, that's but that's those aren't my... system seller games. That's the problem. Like they're great yeah. games. They're highly sure, underrated. Sure. But they're not like you don't tell non-gaming friend or like non-Nintendo friends, hey, you should buy a Wii U for Pikmin Three or for Donkey Kong Tropical well, Freeze. Well, uh, yeah. the, the counter argument, and, and Nintendo kind of brings this up himself. Reggie here in his quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, what does the PlayStation 4 have that's a system seller? That's that's well, I'd say and again, this is kind of the same thing. A lot of those games came out late. Like a Charter 4. Yeah, but uh, it was still the system was already selling before that. I know. It it's again, that's that's interesting to see how like they <laughs> really didn't have I, a system seller. I, I remember I had a debate about this a while back with someone and I said the PlayStation 4 essentially has sold on promises. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than actually delivering on the promises. Well, it's delivered um, on most and of them. It's delivered on some. I, I wouldn't even say most. Uh, if you look at what they have, they have Bloodborne, Bloodborne and they so have good. Uncharted 4, both really awesome games. That's two titles in four years. Yeah. That's like, I think that's a, that's like not delivering to me. They, like, see, they have third party games. They're being carried by third party games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked what, last week about all the big PS4 games that came out that were like the PS4 exclusives. And there are a lot of good ones. A lot of them are are still to come. Yeah, but there are still a lot that are. I mean, there are still a lot that are good. And but for every good one, there was an infamous second son. So take that how you will. And I, sorry, anybody like the game? I hated the game. It was awful. <laughs> I thought I thought it was okay. Um, but it, it it you know we can go on and on obviously about games. And I'm not I'm not here trying to like put Sony down. I I really really want the Last Guardian bad. Yeah. Um. I, I'm too hyped for it. It's no way it's gonna live up to the hype. I want Kingdom Hearts three. No way it's gonna live up to the hype. But guys, you get uh, No Man's Sky for PS4. It's exclusive. Oh, what a big letdown. Um, I'm so glad that I did. I almost bought a PC, PlayStation Four for it, and I, I'm so glad I didn't. Um, so let's move on to, to some of the more juicy stuff. So I'm kind of glad that Reggie recognized that they do need to do a better job communicating, um, and that they have to do better with software planning, which actually falls in line with what uh, Nintendo's president of Japan. Uh, Kimishima said earlier this year when he said that it was releasing in March instead of releasing this holiday because they needed to make sure that first year of software kept hitting with big titles um, more consistently than, say, the Wii U when the Wii U had a nice nine-month drought. Um, Multiple times. The, th- the 3DS <laughs> had, had like a... If you don't count Ocarina of Time 3D, it basically had a nine-month drought itself to start. Oh, yeah. And, that, well, and that's I, what I don't count the... Ocarina of Time 3D because, again, remakes are just they're filler they're not really i mean 
Obviously, Ocarina of Time 3D helped sell the 3DS during the summer, but it just isn't one well, of those. Well, that's why uh, they did the whole ambassador program too. Remember? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They was... tried to make they tried to make nice. Um, so we're gonna move on quickly to the the rumor portion. Um, so <laughs> everyone's least favorite rumor monger, Emily Rogers. I I I wouldn't say least favorite. <laughs> I still like her. I, I like well, it too, for the most there part. There we yeah. go. See, we got we had a couple likers on here. Um, See, shoot me, but she, I do. She, she uh, reported uh, that the NX prototype has a 6.2 inch 720p multi touch touch screen. Um, it's unknown if the product's final size will be larger or smaller than that prototype. Uh, the prototype for the dock station has two USB ports. Uh, obviously, that number could change with the final product. Uh, and. MCV's report about Game Freak, uh, obviously the company that makes all the Pokemon games, being involved with the NX has some truth to it, which has led to speculation of a port of Sun and Moon. Um, or, you know, it, it's not unheard of for a Pokemon game, a new Pokemon game to come out a year after the last one. Yeah. Um, so it could be a Pokemon game for next uh, next year's holiday period. Um, so obviously this is interesting and I, I love how she's wording it because she's being very careful about saying essentially this is what she's heard it could all change it might mean nothing mm-hmm. um which i i personally respect emily rogers for putting this way because she used to be very matter of fact like with her statements and when she was wrong she looked really bad for being wrong um but that being said she clearly knows some people she knows things that other people know yeah um so this could be true. Uh, you know, 720p to me feels fine for a handheld. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what the uh, Wii U pad runs at, right? No, no. no Wii U it doesn't run at 720? It's really? like sub 480. Oh, wow. Or maybe wow. it's 540. I can't remember. Yeah, no, it is not it is not HD. Okay. Um, So for a handheld, that's fine. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, there's 1080p phone. I'm like, yeah, and those things cost like 1000 bucks. So let's just don't compare... Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, for a handheld gaming-only device, 720p is just fine. Um, After the friggin' 3DS's screen, I will... 720 <laughs> yeah, is fine. Yeah, yeah that's way that. better than the 3DS. Uh, the USB ports obviously make sense. You know, that's external hard drives, uh, you know, extra controllers, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever expansions you can... Do. I mean, USB can be used for so many different things. Um so all that makes sense, you know. Not a whole lot. The Game Freak thing is kind of, sort of a big deal, and it falls in with the earlier rumor that there would be a Pokemon game on the NX in the first year. Coliseum two, um, and to, to to kind of build on top of that, uh, this site called Let's Play Video Games, which I had obviously never heard of until this report. <laughs> oh, they're they're uh, I know about them. They're uh, ex Destructoid folks. Yeah, that, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, because when I was doing some research, I'm like, oh, why should we really care what they say? How do we know they're not just a random blog? Oh, okay, well, there, there's there's people that used to be uh, with Destructoid. And I like Destructoid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for, for people to know, I really love Jim Sterling. He was at Destructoid. That's how I found him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, they had kind of additional rumors to add to the list of stuff that we already know or we already are led to believe about the Annex. Obviously, everything's unconfirmed. Uh, everything we're talking about, none of it might be true. Uh, but they add to the the rumors from uh, originally from Eurogamer. Uh, they said the NX's detachable controllers will be capable of motion control, um, and they are extremely similar in fidelity to the Wii Remote Plus. Sky with Sword HD. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of a big thing here. 
Uh, and the controllers are in play uh, are specifically in place so they could fee- phase out Wii remotes over time. So Wii remotes just aren't even a thing they sell anymore. Um, Wii remotes will still allow to be used for select multiplayer titles, uh, but will not be supported by all games. Like uh, I think most of the Wii U library supports them. Um, yeah, but at least that, won't, that won't be the case anymore. Like they're they're literally you know move, finally moving out from the Wii era, but they're still gonna let people use Wii. I, anyways. Um, NX controllers are going to feature some form of advanced vibration force feedback. Uh, it's going to have, it's been described by one source as very similar to the Vive controller and that it alters the intensity, hmm. intensity, pulsating patterns and the duration of vibration to mimic the sensation of a range of different movement types. It's not just one vibration for all situations, which has typically been what Nintendo has done. Uh, there's a notable difference between the hard, abrupt feedback of a sword clash or a softer Longer thought of something like hitting a tennis ball. I also suggest that there might be some Wii Sports action going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Just Dance 2017 will support the NX motion controllers, which makes a whole lot of sense. Um, that's just how they've always done. It's always been with motion controls on Wii. Uh, and the Wii remotes are going to be supported for multiplayer, which, again, makes a lot of sense if it supports Wii remotes. Uh, and that Just Dance 17 is going to launch alongside the NX on day one. So... Uh, very interesting stuff. Um, it's interesting in that if this is all true, and Nintendo with the NX is trying to move away from the Wii, like it's literally stated here, they're trying to phase out Wii remotes, pretty much trying to phase out the Wii branding. Um, yet they're basically doing what they've already done. That worries me. See, it's like they're taking the Wii U and Wii... Like, to me, it looks like Wii U and Wii, we're just throwing it together. And calling it something different is what it feels like right now. Now, obviously, you know, the big differentiator here is, like, say, for some reason, it uses a Tegra X2 and it ends up being as powerful as an Xbox One. Like, well, now you're talking a little different because now it's what the Wii U and, and, and Wii was, plus it's also what everyone else is, um, which... That, that would be nice. I don't know how they could price that to make it affordable. Um, but that's not for me to worry about. That's for them to figure out. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little worried when I hear this stuff because it's like, yeah, we're not done with motion controls. We're still doing them pretty much exactly the way we did them before. Well, see. And the yeah, way, we, have a, we have a screen. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, the way that I kind of interpret it, like just from what it sounds like, what all the rumors seem to be pointing towards, like, some of them might wind up not being true, but I think with, like, the Eurogamer thing, there's been enough that we're pretty sure it's, they're combining... A, a, a lot of places have heard um, stuff. And, and I think, I believe it's all coming from dev units, obviously. Yeah. Um, um, which, which as Emily Rogers, uh, as I, I quoted earlier, noted, dev units don't necessarily mean anything. It could be completely scrapped and redone. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, it could change. Uh, so. But... From what it sounds like, Nintendo is combining like their handheld and their console. Yeah. Like, they, like the NX is supposed to replace both. You yeah, can, supposedly. Yeah. yeah, supposedly. So, I think that the which pro- go, but that does go to Reggie's point earlier too when he said fix the game flow. Like all their games going exactly. to one system will it, help with game mm-hmm. flow. Oh yeah, because like the 3DS still gets a bunch of stuff. If it's if everyone's right. working towards the same thing, you're not going to have any nine month gaps. It'd be pretty much impossible to screw up that badly. Yeah, they, they <laughs> but, make like I know a lot of people rag on Nintendo. Oh, they don't make very many games. Like, have you looked 
at how many games they release a year. It's more than every other company out there. It's but crazy. it's split between the systems. It, 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 yeah, it's just split between two systems. But it's crazy how many games that they produce. Yeah, it's, so... But with that being said, like, if they're going to continue doing that thing, like, they're going to have to, like, the next Pokemon is going to be on the NX. So I I think I kind of like the idea of, from what we've heard of the controllers, that, like, they're detachable and stuff, so you can have, like, the normal controller-type situations, but they're also going to have the option for the motion controls. Motion, yeah. So that, like, when they do inevitably want to do a Skyward Sword remake or something like that, or if they do sure. want to, like, uh, have... Like, the next Mario Kart still have the friggin', like, racing wheel and stuff like that. Like, you can you can split apart your NX controller and look, two people have steering wheels now. So it, Yeah, it's... but my, my worry, I, I guess my concern with this whole concept is it doesn't feel like they're really moving on. It feels like they're just living in the past doing what they've already done. Mm. Except, See, now, all, except now their handheld games also come to the system. My fear with that is... Like, like as, I, as yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. Well, as as much like as popular as motion controls were, and as relevant, I guess you could call it relevant as they are now. They're only relevant for one reason, and right now, and that's because of VR. Like mm-hmm. the only reason mm-hmm. that there are motion controls is because of VR. Like I played a demo of the Vive at GameStop, uh, I think last week, and yeah. it was really cool. I couldn't see cool. myself doing something like that without the two Vive controllers, exactly. but I don't know. If that's something like if I come home like I have I have night classes so I have graduate <laughs> class that ends at 10:30 p.m. Um, on Tuesdays and if I'm exhausted I'm tired you know I, I don't and I want to just relax and play a game I'm not gonna want to stand up and move around and it sounds really lazy of me but I'm not gonna want to stand <laughs> up and move around like play like something that's gonna make me like swing my arms wildly I'm just gonna want to sit down with a controller you know kind of like I do like if I play Tokyo Mirage sessions or if I'm feeling like I want to hate myself I'll play Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. But we like that's that's one of the problems that it, like towards the latter half of the Wii the novelty kind of wore off and you saw people wanting just a controller. And yeah. that's that's kind yeah. of where the gamepad came from was if, it kind of yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I I was just going to say like if I if I had to like place bets or something like that like I would I would guess that after all like people want Nintendo to go back to doing more, like, hardcore things. I would guess the emphasis is going to be on, like, normal controls and stuff, but I think they kind of almost have to include motion controls in some aspect, because if they don't, then they are they can never resell, like, any Wii games on the yeah. Virtual Console or anything like that, because you can't play Mario Galaxy without motion controls. And to be fair, like, to be fair, like, for Mario Galaxy, in, in, just in specific... Um, a lot of the controls in the game aren't really reliant on the motion. Like, yeah, you do the moves with the motion, but a lot of those moves can be just be done with the button. Well, and the pointer. The pointer Yeah, the for pointer, but even, even that stuff, you can find other ways to do it. Well, and, like, um, that... Like, Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword, Red Steel, Red Steel 2. Those are the yeah. kind of games that would be really, really hard to rework without motion I don't... Say, I say that, you say that, but I... When I played uh, Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance, mm-hmm. that's such a ridiculous title um (laughs) i played it like i have the option like i have the psi i have the you know move and all that stuff and as fun as it was to play with that i got really accustomed to moving with one of the um analog sticks with using the analog stick to aim the sword and it was just as fun it was just as easy um to do it that way maybe a little bit more difficult but at the same time 
it's not one it, it's still not one to one like as as much as Scarlet Sword came close to one to one there were still some ha- hang-ups and hiccups yeah so I w- it wouldn't be that difficult to switch that over to an analog stick and use that to control the um like <laughs> more pre- more precise movements I guess yeah. um my my only worry with this this concept is they, they've kind of hinted over time starting with Mr. Iwata uh, moving on to the current president uh, that the NX isn't supposed to replace the Wii and uh, the Wii or the Wii U or the 3DS. Like it's not supposed to be their next system. And I know we've heard from them. They, they said the same thing with like the DS. It's not <laughs> replacing the Game Boy Advance, but it totally ended up replacing the Game Boy Advance. Well, you can't um, you can't ha- run three concurrent systems yeah, at the same yeah. time. Yeah, like there, there's no way. And the Wii U's getting practically no games. And notice, there's not a Wii U Nintendo Direct happening right now. <laughs> um, so it. I kind of look at it as, okay, so if this isn't replacing them, or you claim it's not, it's a new concept. They said new concept. None of this sounds new to me. Aside from the splitting controller. I I, I said it's Wii U and Wii put together. That's not new to me. I just had that for two generations. Hmm. Like, that's that's my problem. Like... Like, how are they going to market this in a way that, like, like, as you said, motion controls have only stayed relevant because of VR. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this isn't advancing motion controls because it's comparable to Wii Remote Plus. So it's not well, even and there's no VR. Than we've had. They said they're yeah, not doing VR with this Yeah, console. they're not doing VR. So it's not advanced. It's not, they're not making advancements in the VR. They're not making the motion controls even more precise. They're not doing anything except saying we're getting rid of the Wii branding. Essentially, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like, according to the rumor anyways, they're, they're phasing out the Wii Remote, which means they're going to phase out the Wii branding, I'm assuming. Uh, I, would, I I just don't... Even if they don't phase out the Wii branding, it the, 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 it feels like... It feels like a mistake. I was excited for the NX, you know, in terms of, like, it being an all-in-one system that gets all the handhelds, and you could attach it to your TV if you want. You could take it on the go. Like, all that sounded really exciting to me. Now it's like, yeah, but here's here's the unique feature of it. It, it its controllers are motion controls, and you I, don't have to use the motion controls, obviously, because like when you're on the go, it's gonna be hard to hold, uh, you know, prop up a screen in your lap and use motion controls. That's that's not gonna happen. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but they're obviously gonna heavily advertise the fact that this plays all, you know, this does all the Wii stuff. Well, I that, think th- I think that's all. Like, I think they could have a really big hit on their hands. All they have to do is say, this is, like, the Nintendo machine. Play games on the go. Play games at home. We have, we have our entire freaking library of stuff that you can play. Like, I think... Mm-hmm. I think That'll never really, happen. I hope have you looked does. at Have you looked at the Wii U and 3DS, just the VC? It's kind of pathetic. Mm. Um, if they can't even get an, a bunch of uh, like uh, a huge slate of games on their virtual console today, and they're about to reset it again with a new operating system and a new system, uh, they they have yet to really get all their games on virtual console as it you, is. Like you I, say I'm that, very hesitant to believe they're going to suddenly have all their games on one system. You say that, but the list for the NES system, the the new NES Mini, whatever's coming out, is really impressive. Like there's yeah, some games but that... again, that's a system built specifically. I know to play those games, but that. Those are games that you, you don't typically find on um, the virtual console, so that's interesting that they're doing that. And I was well, listening most to... of the big name games in that list are on virtual console right now. Well, I know, but like they're, they're acknowledging that they exist. They're they're acknowledging that these are games that people want, and so I don't know. I I'm hopeful that that's showing a, a new direction for um, the virtual console for whatever this 
whatever the NX is. Um, but call me a cynic. I think it's just a cash grab because well, there's a market you are a that cynic, wants a, but that's besides well, the, the point. There's a market that wants. It's funny. I get, I'm calling myself a cynic, and I've been accused of being a, like a Nintendo fanboy defender too. Um, You're both. I really like. I really like the Wii U, but it, it's like the NES Mini to me. Just it it, it appeal. It appeals to retro gamers who want to play their retro games in HD. That thing with, is with retro like, controllers. I I don't. I don't think I'd call it a cash grab, but it is going to make them a buttload of oh, cash. Yeah. Like free, it is. every everyone. Well, you know, it's just like it's just like when you go and buy those Atari things, you plug into your your Except TV and play better. old Atari games. Well, well, yeah, it's better, but it, it, it's still it's like one of those things. Like these things already exist. Everyone else does them. Nintendo was eventually going yeah, to do them. but but all Nintendo has to do is they put out a single commercial before Christmas time. It's like, look, Nintendo is making all the things from like your childhood that you plug into a TV for sixty bucks. Like every single person's going to go like. I know five people that would want that for Christmas, and that's going to yeah. be, like, the Christmas gift. They're going to sure. make stupid amounts of money. <laughs> they and, will, I, like, it, and I think that's ultimately why they did it. I don't think it's got anything to do with Virtual Console. If anything, it makes Virtual Console less appealing because all those games, just the ones they have on there, to buy them individually, someone added it up. It's, it's almost like $200 to buy all those games on Virtual yeah. Console. So if anything, it actually makes Virtual Console less appealing because you that can is, get more games for cheaper on a system that also plugs through your HDMI cable. That is just the NES games, though. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about if they're going to do a sequel with the Super Nintendo later. Oh, but, they got to be doing a sequel. Um, like at, at the end of the day, with this whole with the whole NX thing, we've said it before, and we're going to sure. keep saying it until they do a direct for it. They, Come they on, need, Nintendo. Yeah, they really need to go ahead and, and just get ahead of all this news because mm-hmm. at this point there's so much swirling around there's so much we don't know uh, yeah, so i don't much... know why they're not yeah not it's, why they're not doing anything. it can like, only hurt sony them announced like two weeks ago the september 7th event for neo um they just announced you know a 3ds direct like which obviously lets some people down because everyone thought the next time we see nintendo do anything it's gonna be for nx um they, they need to get out they, like they are so far behind the eight ball right now with what's going on uh in terms of all the leaks and all the information out there even if all of this stuff is utterly false, they need to come out yeah. and just tell us when we can know. When are we going to know? Not just 2017 or 2016. Sometime for the end of the year, you're going to know. We'll, we'll probably know by the end of the 3DS conference, I'd imagine. Like, they'll be like, stay tuned in the following months, like in October or November. Or they're just going to say, stay tuned for more exciting news later. Or um, there's going to be they're going to be Nintendo. No what? one's going to be watching the thing. And then at the end, they're going to unveil the NX. And everyone's going to be like, what? Well, why? Wasn't, wasn't there like a why rumor? did you not talk about this? Wasn't there a rumor that they're doing a press event or something in September? Yeah, the, yeah. they were saying uh, the the rumor is that they're supposed to have some sort of event in September. Um, well, we should know if they're having an in person event soon because media invites should be heading out either this week or next week for it. Yeah. Um, and there's no way in heck some some media member is going to mention they have an invite to a, a press event. There's it, no way in heck that that's. I mean, I'm hoping Nintendo sends out an email, you know, to all like Club Nintendo people or something, like advertises that this event's happening before they send the press invites. But this is Nintendo. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's they just need to get out ahead of this thing and just at least let people know when we can know. So all these rumors and all the speculation keep going on, but we'll have the peace of mind of knowing, hey. We don't have to just talk about rumors anymore mm-hmm. as of this day. Like, we will finally know what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Nintendo, get on top of that. Uh, we're going to move on. Uh, we let that spill over. I let it spill over because we 
Don't have a lot of fan topics this week. I have some issues with Facebook, which I will not go over right now. Public does not need to be aware. Um, but we're going to kind of combine our last segment. Uh, we're only going to go over one fan topic, and then we'll get into uh, what we, what our favorite thing from the past week was in video games. Uh, so the fan topic that I chose this week is from uh, someone who sent it in last week, and we just didn't get to. Uh, Anthony Angel uh, Duarte. I really apologize if I butchered that last name. Uh, I've often wondered why Nintendo doesn't recycle game engines to make quicker games. I'm assuming it means make games more quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, or direct sequels in the same way that Majora's Mask was done on the N64. Why not make a Wind Waker sequel with the same graphics and mechanics? Just polish further and experiment more. Why build an entirely new system that will take forever to build and polish rather than use what you spent time on for at least uh, one more game on that same system? I know he's talking about Zelda games here, yeah. but they do do this for like New Super Mario Brothers. Yes, they do this for a and, lot of games. Yeah. yeah, Zelda's like the one they don't. Yeah, I and I actually like I like the Zeldas kind of being a more unique thing, with like a few exceptions of like like Phantom Hourglass and Spirit yeah. Tracks, and then uh, like they did do that for Majora's Mask, but I really like how they did it in Majora's Mask, where it kind of they made it. They made it like relevant to the plot and everything that a lot of stuff was reused and twisted sure. from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Like there, it was it was saying something that they did that it wasn't just because of budget reasons, or rather they had the budget reason and they decided to like justify it by like okay, we'll make the game around that. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I sorry, excuse me. There's a couple things I look at this first. I find it really interesting, Anthony. You brought up the Wind Waker because they were actually making the Wind Waker too. And uh, in case you weren't aware, that got canceled after uh, the current president of Nintendo, who was at the time the CEO of Nintendo of America, uh, basically called up AJ Noma and said, look, you can't do the Wind Waker 2. People in the United States are not going to like it. They do not like the current Wind Waker. Which is uh, weird because it's one of like, you, the most beloved yeah, games now. It, it, it is. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it, way back in 2003, it was not very well liked in the West. People were very upset over that art change. Hey, I loved it. Yeah. Um, there were plenty of people that liked it, but at the time, it was not. It just was not well critically received well by the by the fan base. Uh, so that's why Twilight Princess ultimately ended up coming out and ended up being the art direction that it was. Um, but for, forgetting that for a moment, uh, financially, I kind of look at why Nintendo might consider not doing this as much. Majora's Mask sold way less than Ocarina of Time. Spirit Tracks sold way less than Phantom Hourglass. Triforce Heroes sold way less than A Link Between Worlds. Um, almost in every situation with Zelda, where there's a sequel using the same uh, system, the same art direction as a prior game that just released before it, it has sold terribly. I wouldn't say terribly. Uh, it just hasn't sold as well as the other it's games. It's been bad. Majora's Mask at the time was the worst-selling Zelda game in the series. Uh, it's not anymore, but it was at the time. Yeah. Um, Spirit Tracks was literally in bargain bins a week after it released, <laughs> being discounted for fifty percent off in Japan. Yeah. Uh, and Only Between Worlds barely crossed. A, I'm sorry, not Between Worlds. Uh, Triforce Heroes barely crossed one million in worldwide sales, which would make it the lowest selling Zelda game of all time. Uh, it is like the. It is the. If that's not the definition of terrible selling Zelda games, then there is never been a terrible selling Zelda game. Because those three titles all sold like crap. Um, and even if you look at Majora's Mask 3D, it sold way less copies than Ocarina of Time 3D did. We also have to consider the budget that it's they kind of spent on those sucks. games weren't really <sighs> well, that, like... I don't know, like, 
Because well, we know it, that here's the here's the weird thing about some of those games. A lot of people that like Majora's Mask think it's better than Ocarina of Time, or it, it is. is one of the best games ever made in terms for Zelda. Uh, a lot of people that don't that don't like Phantom Hourglass love Spirit Tracks. I think it's, it corrects all the issues Phantom Hourglass had. So mm-hmm. Triforce Heroes might be is a little bit of an odd one because um, it, it's doing like an not, not really experimental. They've done multiplayer before, but it's doing a multiplayer thing uh, with the link between worlds engine so I, that one to me is maybe a little bit hard to compare uh yeah. compared to say spirit mm-hmm. tracks and majora's mask but at the same time like those games are both considered majora's mask and spirit tracks to be pretty high quality zelda games um so like even like with budget slashed and in terms of like majora's mask being rushed out the door having one year to make it um, well there's like the, the experiences didn't seem to be negatively impacted uh it, I, yeah i, I, I think I, I think, think what happened... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go on. No, I was going to say, I think Nintendo is, like, a smart enough company that they know, like, how to make good stuff out of, like, constraints like that. But the problem is, like, advertising to the public is, like, yeah, this game looks almost the same as our last one, but, like... It's not. It's got time mechanics in it. It's yeah. Got, it's not even in Hyrule. Yeah. Or yeah. Spirit Tracks. You're on a train. Um, Like, you're... <laughs> You know, for all the reasons that people dislike those games, or a lot of the reasons that the people who love them love those games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what they, I think, what they've done, and maybe this is probably part of the problem, um, is with these games. The few times that they've done it with Zelda, they've done something radically different with those games compared to the mm-hmm. games that use the art style before. Um, and the problem is when you use the same art style as used in a prior game, it brings along the expectations of that prior game. Uh, and Majora's Mask was nothing like Ocarina of Time. Uh, mm-hmm. Spirit Tracks was a little bit like Phantom Hourglass, but it, in general, outside of the the one dungeon concept it had that it totally improved upon from Phantom Hourglass, it it's a lot different than Phantom Hourglass is. Well, um, and a lot of the games use plus an it takes place engine. on land compared to on sea, but um, well, and obviously Triforce Heroes, as I previously yeah. mentioned, is way different than Only Between Worlds. Uh, so I think. There's a couple of ways I go with this. One, I think Nintendo should do it more often because it's cheaper to do and they can get sequels out faster. Um, but I think it has to be something they plan to do before they release the original game. Like, they have Breath of the Wild coming out now. I think if they were going to reuse that art style and do another open-world Zelda game that brings on the expectations of Breath of the Wild, they'd have to already be planning it out right now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what they're going to do is a game that they throw together in two years. That's a totally different concept. That ends up being like Majora's Mask. It's probably still a really good game, but it's not going to live up to the huge expectations Breath of the Wild had. Um, and it's going to let people down who are kind of looking for that Breath of the Wild 2, as it were. Because uh, if you look at a lot of other franchises, Zelda's really weird in this way. Zelda changes art directions a hell of a lot. Oh, yeah. From game um, to game. No other series that I can even think of out there does this. Not even within Nintendo's own stable of IP. It, it, most of their franchises are you know what to expect from the looks every game and those looks bring along expectations like when you play a 2d mario game you just by looking at it you already know what kind of gameplay to expect you look at a 3d mario game just by looking at it you already know what the gameplay is to what the gameplay mm-hmm. is gonna be like you look at a zelda game you have no idea because all the games are so different from each other and have all these different visual elements um and I, I personally, I think it's kind of hurt the sales of the series. Uh, I've always felt that way because if you always look at, if you look at the games that have sold the best, it's always been the games that have kind of stuck to a progression of a specific type 
of art style rather than the experimental ones like Skyward Sword, The Wind Waker, um, even A Link Between Worlds didn't really sell that well comparatively to some of the prior handheld games. Um, it's kind of weird. It's just weird how Nintendo does it and how they keep the different art styles, which I like. You know, I know that uh, uh, Josh here said that he really liked that, that Nintendo does this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, I do agree with Anthony that they probably should do more sequels because one, it gets games out faster. The games don't take as long to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I think it's just something they need to plan to do before they release the first game. Like, it, like they could do kind of what Mass Effect has done. You create a trilogy of games, but the series isn't over. You're just moving on from that arc of the story. Mm-hmm. And they could do that in Zelda. They've, they've tried to do that in Zelda with Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, and The Wind Waker. That's kind of all one arc of a story. Um, and Spirit Tracks kind of starts, it kind of starts the beginning of a new arc that never goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, at least to date, there has been nothing to come after after the Maladis stuff. But, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it as... Um, even back in the day, like, a Link, uh, originally, A Link to the Past, Zelda 1, and Zelda 2, all those games were basically one one giant story arc. And, mm. obviously, now with all the timeline stuff, it's gotten all muddled. And for, apparently, Link died in Ocarina of Time started in the new timeline, so I, I don't know what's going on. Um, that's not what I saw when I was a kid, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. So, you know, I think if Nintendo actually plans it out to be like, you know, not necessarily leave you unfulfilled in the first game. Cause there's, you know, like like when I played Uncharted, the original Uncharted, I didn't feel like I was unfulfilled at the end of the game. Like that's it. That's the game. Yeah. Uncharted Mm -hmm. two naturally picked up from where Uncharted one left off. Like that's what they could do with Breath of the Wild. It could be Breath of the Wild one, Breath of the Wild two and Breath of the Wild two just picks up from where you left off. And there's just more stuff happening. Um, but again, Nintendo has never done this with Zelda games. I can't think of any Zelda game where, where it's been planned out to be a sequel. See, uh, here's Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons don't count. They were simultaneous release by third party. Mm-hmm. So, well, my confusion is not necessarily that they make new game engines, but that they with each like if they use the same game engine then they keep the same like graphics if you know what i mean like the same art yeah. style because you don't have to do that like um if you look at this is a, as, as for better or for worse konami has the fox engine and so like sure. games like pro evolution soccer look vastly different than metal gear solid 5 um, which look different than pt which look different than um silent hills or whatever whatever have you whatever i don't know um but they look different. They don't have to have the same art style. Like there are certain limitations that each engine has, but I think that the benefit to having one engine that you use is that you can upgrade the engine. You don't have to completely tear it down and then build up another one. Um, and I've always, you know, they've talked about why they do that, and it's always still been a little confusing as to why they don't just like improve upon a certain game engine. Um, but I, you know, Nintendo's Nintendo, and they'll do what they want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see more games with the same engine, um, maybe even with a different art style or more refined art style. I'm um, like, for example, like if we saw Skyward Sword run with the Breath of the Wild game engine, that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Um, so we're, we're just gonna move on to 
Thank you for your topic. Uh, it was Anthony. Yeah, Anthony, thank you for your topic. Uh, we'll get up a better thread next time around for people to get some whole new topics in. Uh, if you're interested in fan topics, our last episode of the podcast was literally nothing but fan topics. We had a lot of good ones. So you can go back and listen to some stuff from that. Uh, so for the last part of this, it's obviously our favorite thing from the last week. Mine's really short and sweet. Uh, my favorite thing that happened in video games last week was the release of Madden 17 and the release of World of Warcraft Legion as of today, the recording of this podcast. Um, I love game releases, and those are two games I love. Um, I know people can get mad at me about Madden. I don't really care. It's buggy. <laughs> it's got issues. I love it anyways. Um, so, you guys, what, what's your favorite thing from the past week in video games? Oh, Go for God. it, Josh. Uh, I'm trying to remember what even happened this week. You, uh, you you drank some coffee this morning. Come, come back, come back to me. I gotta, I gotta, I forget what happened. Okay, uh, I, I gotta go hit up Neil Gaff quick. I know mine. <laughs> Two games that I've been, I, I can't afford right now. I wish I could. Two games that I've been waiting for for a very long time were released this week, which is Attack on Titan: Wings of Freedom for PS4 and Steam, and then God Eater 2: Rage Burst, which I know that are completely like niche games for specific people, but they've both got really good reviews. Uh, overall rating on Steam for God Eaters, 9 out of 10. Um, Attack on Titans, 9 out of 10. And I know those are still early reviews, but they're getting pretty good reviews. Um, I really want to get them. They've, I've followed the production of these games for a while, and they look really, really, really good. I really wish I could afford both of these games right now. Um, but that was really exciting because I think I talked about these way, way long ago, about how excited I was for God Eater 2. Um, it looks a lot like what you'd expect if you combined attack on titan and monster hunter and that's if that's that doesn't sell you on it then you know you're 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 fine yeah it's just not your type of game but it's Uh, it does sound really cool and really interesting and so i'm really excited for these games there's nothing wrong with being into into niche games there's there's some Mm -hmm. i'm really into too uh I, I, Josh, figured it, I figured it out. I, figured, I, re- <laughs> I remember it. Uh, the Dark Souls 3 uh, expansion pack got announced. Uh, and, like, we got a lot that. of people hyped for that. I am so excited. I loved, like, Dark Souls the, 3. The, would... the, boom, the boomerang shield. Oh, my gosh. That looks so cool. And just... I still need to finish Dark Souls 3. <laughs> ah, it's so good. That was, yeah. like, that was my entryway, like, into the series. Like, I'd, mm-hmm. uh, I'd seen people play, like, 1 and 2, but I'd never really gotten to them myself. And then Dark Souls 3 I got addicted to. And then Bloodborne's probably, like, my oh. favorite game of the decade. It was so good. And, nice. yeah. But, nice. yeah, every, everything looked really good in the DLC. So there we go. So our favorite game of the past week, a whole bunch of game releases and announcements. That's all None of them had to do with Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, oh, there's that the 3DS Galaxy thing. 3DS. Ah, the Galaxy 3DS. Yeah. So exciting! There's, there's a new Nintendo Direct. Yes, yeah. Oh, 3DS. Well, all right. Um, that's gonna do it for this week of the Zelda for podcast. I want to thank our special guest Josh for joining us this week. Woo. Yeah, thank Woo. you for having me. Um, <laughs> thanks, Alfred, as well for for making it in this week. Uh, I actually have to talk to you, Alfred. Remind me later after the podcast. Uh-oh. We have to change our recording time again. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll figure that all out. Uh, yeah, it's been a great one. You guys have a good night, and listeners have an amazing rest of your week. Enjoy that that 3ds thing that's, that's happening. Stars, yep. galaxies, all that. <laughs> yes. All right. Catch you guys all later. Bye.